0: AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at AHOP.TV. I want you to put your hands together for Dr. Cindy Trim. We welcome you once again to our Four Point Broadcast. I'm so excited, especially for the series that we are currently going through, the eight stages of spiritual maturation. And we're sharing the the actual eighth stage. We've been through stage one through seven, which brings us to sun placed. And now we're on the eighth stage where God actually elevates you to the position of being a father and a spiritual mother. We want to introduce you uh, to our second an installation in this particular uh, segment in Spiritual Maturation, Mater Pater, the eighth stage. And if you would go directly with me to the book of Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. And while you are finding that particular text, let's just uh, ask God to bless our time together. Our Father and our God will give you praise and honor and glory, thanking you because of Jesus Christ. You sent your only begotten son to demonstrate what two, true sonship is and how we should relate to our spiritual father because he was able to relate to you as his heavenly father. I pray that tonight you will anoint me with a special anointing that you would think through my mind, speak through my lips. Let there be none of me, all of you. Give us a special, fresh anointing. that the anointing remain fresh on my head as I decrease so that you may, may increase. Bless our time together in jesus name amen 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 (laughs) hallelujah luke chapter 15 verses 11 to 13 very powerful story and i think every every uh portion of the Bible and every story in the Bible I get excited about. So today I'm excited about Luke chapter 15 verses 11 to 32. The Bible says, and a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of my goods that falls to me. He was asking uh, for his inheritance. He had inheritance in his mind while God had legacy on his So it was not just about the inheritance that he was going to receive. It was the legacy that he would carry on. And God was posturing and positioning him so that he could carry on what his father begun and carry it on as a part of the legacy to be able to hand it as a part or integral part of the inheritance from generation to generation. The inheritance that we're speaking of is an inheritance that our Heavenly Father has left us. And it's intergenerational. It was not just given to uh, your spiritual fathers and mothers and their spiritual fathers and mothers, but you're going to have the opportunity to access this inheritance and then leave it to your spiritual sons and daughters as well. The Bible said he divided unto him his living, and so he was asking for his inheritance, but his father gave him a portion of his budget, and that would be what would be a a, a monthly budget. And so his, his son's um, capacity for understanding uh, how vast the inheritance is was very limited. Or how vast his inheritance was was very limited. Because when his father gave him out of the budget or what it would take to run his dynasty for one month... His, his, his son thought that that was his entire inheritance. So can you imagine the type of dynasty his father had? How much wealth and land and property that his son would think that his fa- a portion of what it would take his father to run his dynasty for a month. He thought that that was his entire inheritance. And God is going to blow your mind. The scripture said, I have not seen, have not heard, not has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Is there anyone here that loves God? He's going to, he's prepared something that is absolutely going to blow your mind. Amen. So ask God, enlarge my territory. Give me the ability to think bigger. Let me not think small. Amen. Whatever you're thinking about doing and acquiring is already too small. God has big things in his mind. And he's going to do some big things with you as well. The Bible said that he took from out of his monthly budget, divided it to him as well as his older brother. The Bible said that many, not many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into the far country away from his father's oversight and supervision. And this is important the far country represents someone who who goes away from his from their father's oversight and supervision now this is important because he was not rebellious he was just prodigal a prodigal individual is immature they're not fully developed so he's doing things that immature people would do i'm grown so i don't need to submit to a spiritual father anymore i pay my bills i got money you know to take care of my life now a lot of people believe that this story is about Someone that was rebellious. The scripture does not say that because his father allowed him to go. Yes. In other words, it, it was a setup. Go find yourself. Go discover who you really are. Uh, you can do the easy way or you can go through the School of Hard Knocks and get you, graduate with a diploma from the School of Hard Knocks. Are you with me? And his and his son just, uh, uh, chose the School of Hard Knocks. One of the things about being a spiritual mother or father is this, that you cannot take... right for some away from someone to make decisions for themselves this is that that's not that that's not a spiritual father or mother Uh, a spiritual father or mother will give you the principles and then allow you to make decisions and then even if you make the wrong decisions when you come to your senses they're still going to be there they, they, they provide the unconditional love that you need in order to discover who you really are, even if it means that they do this and they open their arms and they let you go for a while until you make the decision that I'm going to submit. And so uh, you cannot submit under oppression because that's called slavery. Are you with me? Yes. Submission is an act of the will. It's an attitude, not an action. So it's it's an act of the heart when you submit to someone and someone cannot make you submit you have to choose to submit amen it is a choice that you make the bible said because he was out of his o- the oversight of his spiritual father or his father excuse me in this sense Uh, And he lacked the oversight and supervision. He lacked the discipline necessary and the accountability mechanism. And that's important. When we talk about accountability, we're talking about you being accountable for your gifts and your talents and your purpose and your destiny and your calling and your assignment. Having that accountability mechanism. Outside of the accountability, the scripture says in verse number 13 that he wasted his substance. He wasted his time, his gifts, his anointing and potential because there was no accountability accountability mechanism that was there. What are you doing? What are you doing with your time, your energy, your ability? You know, a lot of times when um, you are submitted to the ideal uh, father, they're going to set a high standard, and then they're going to demand that you reach it. And even if you cry, they're not going to pay attention to your tears because they're going to see that you have the potential. You see, a lot of times we have the potential to do better and to do more, but we lack the person to address us from the perspective of our potential. A lot of us want to be addressed based on our performance, um, but we also need someone to challenge us at the level of our potential. Yes, you did good, but you could have done better. In other words, someone is just going to keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. And we need that in our lives. The Holy Spirit does it, but sometimes we resist the Holy Spirit. And God will put an individual and he'll create that appetite because you will be around that person or in an environment where excellence is the standard. And you will have to... Then move from mediocrity into a position of excellence, where everything that you do is excellence. So he wasted his gifts, his times, his his talents, and his potential with riotous living. In other words, there was no uh, mechanisms for his behavior. He could do whatever he wanted, stay up as long as he wanted, do whatever he wanted with his money, go wherever he wanted. Let me tell you something: true freedom is not you doing what you want to do, and uh, true freedom. Is not you saying yes to everything. True freedom is the ability to say no when it is convenient to say yes. You see, a drug addict cannot say no to drugs. Why? Because he's actually bound. So when you don't have discipline in your life where you're not able to say no to certain things, guess what? You're actually in bondage. And this is, uh, this is why, you know, when it comes to teenagers, they think that, you know, if they could do anything they want, they've got freedom. No, they're actually bound. Why? Because they cannot say no. Whatever you cannot say no to, you are bound by that thing. Whatever you cannot say no. So you've got to be able to say no to the wrong things so that you can say yes to the right things. If you're doing this, you cannot do that. So if God wants you to do that and you're doing this, then at some point you got to be able to say no to this so you can say yes to that. You're, you're, you're following me. And this is what spiritual pa- parents will do. They will discipline you, not beat you, not abuse you, but discipline you. It's like the difference between a floodlight and a laser light. A floodlight lights up everything. And, but a laser light cuts through everything. So you want to be laser sharp. And, and, and you don't want to be all over the place. You want to be just restricted until the true essence of who you are, and you always have laser sharp and laser um, delivery in whatever God has given you to do. The Bible said, when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. That's economic downturn. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to citizens of the country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. It would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. No man gave unto him. When he came to himself, he said, "How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger?" Now we're tapping into him making a decision. The moment you make a decision, your destiny is altered. So we see this destiny moment that he's having. He's making a decision. His decision is to go back to his father's house and to submit. He said, I would arise. In other words, I'm going to function at a higher place. Submission is not functioning at a lower place. It's functioning in a higher realm. That's what submission is. I will arise, go to my father's house. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of your hired servants. Now, remember we talked about uh, in our last lesson that you're going to be under what? governors and tutors, and you're going to be treated as a servant until you are matured. So he said, now I'm submitting to this process and I'm I'm acknowledging you and I'm honoring you as my spiritual father or as my father in this instance. And so uh, an individual that is put in your life is put there because you honor them. It's a privilege given by God, but it's an honor given to you. One of the things that's missing today in this world is honor. We don't honor our elders anymore. We don't honor our parents. I've never seen the type of disrespect uh, that children have to adults, to teachers, to their parents. So just imagine that that's translating into the house of God, where we've lost our ability to honor. You cannot honor what you refuse to recognize. You, re- you, re- you cannot recognize what you have, what, what you don't have the capacity to see. So it's all about capacity building, God building your capacity so that we can restore the honor back to the mothers and the fathers and the leaders in Zion. And I I believe that that's what's going to happen because of a specific component that is going to be added to our relationship. And that's going to be the component of trust. God is going to restore it. A lot of people have been abused in their domestic home. So when they come into the divine, they just carry over the fear. You see, the first home is messed up. So they just bring the dynamics of the first house, and they bring it into the second house. So whatever dynamics existed between you and your father and you and your mother is just translated. So now we've got to get that healed. The spirit of the orphan has to be healed. Those things have to be healed in our lives. And if we admit it, some of us don't know how to submit or even respond or even relate to our spiritual fathers and our spiritual mothers. Because we had dysfunctional relationships with our natural fathers and our natural mothers. Say amen. amen. And, and it's so true. So when we come, we, we come uh, uh, once bitten, twice shy. So we come, we're afraid. Like, you know, what's going to happen? What do you mean spiritual? So we just go through the motions because we're afraid because we might have been abused and screamed at and beaten and kicked and all sorts of things in the first house. We're afraid of that. And we translate that to God and we translate that to our covering. And that's how the relationships are dysfunctional. Secondly, if your spiritual father and mother is not mature or they themselves were abused growing up, guess what's going to happen when they become spiritual parents? It's just going to translate as in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. So we need healing. You know, when the centurion went to Jesus and said, my, 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 my servant is sick. What is happening in the church, God's servants are sick and we need healing. We need inner healing. We need healing of our spirit, healing of our soul. And that starts with, you know, living authentically before God and and i believe that we're going to see a wave of healing where god is going to return the hearts of the fathers to the sons and and the daughters to the mother we're going to see the returning and you're going to you're going we're going to have very functional healthy spiritual relationships once and for all amen amen, amen. amen. the bible said he arises he said i'm this is what i'm going to do is the power of intention and this is what i'm going to say to my father in other words as you mature the sign that you are, are maturing and the proof that you're maturing is when you take personal responsibility for your behavior. You know, uh, there's a saying there's nothing that changes behavior like pain. And he had a painful experience that changed his behavior. And now he's going to his father's house and his he, father's house, and he's taking full responsibility for his action. And he said, I'm going to say I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. I'm coming willingly. I want you to be my uh, tutor, my governor. And the Bible said, verse number 20, he fulfilled his intention. He arose. He came to his father's house. Watch this. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Didn't rebuke him. Didn't slap him. Didn't judge him. He ran and he kissed him. Why? Because being in the position of a mater pater is a covenant position. It's a position of covenant, and so we're talking about covenant here. And he said, and the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and 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 in, in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said, in contrast to his to to his servants, he said, Look, bring forth the best robe. And put on him a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither a fatted cow, kill it, and let us eat and make merry. In other words, this was a rites of passage. You finally arrived at a position where you can be uh, um, uh, uh, groomed to carry on the inheritance. So he has this rites of passage, passage this graduation ceremony. So that he can now function in the position he always should have because he now has come to himself. He's connected to his greater self. And then this is what the father says, verse number 24, very important. For this is my son or for this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. And they began to be married. What does that mean? That word dead simply means that he was controlled by the spirit of death. It's not like he was physically dead, but somewhere hell rose up to possess his soul and he lost control and he was destitute of life. He was living without meaning. And and in other words, that's a metaphor to be able to say he was spiritually dead. He didn't recognize who he was. He didn't recognize the necessity of being devoted to God because he had had given up to trespass and sin, and so who he really was was inactive. The Bible said, "For me to live is Christ; to die is gain." You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. It's possible to go into a new season with an old mindset. So what he was saying is his season has shifted, but his mindset has shifted as well. I decree you are coming into a new season, but you are not taking an old mindset. You're coming in with a new mindset and a new paradigm in Jesus name. Amen. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. He's alive. The scripture says in Romans 8. And two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son. There is sonship. There is sonship. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That. The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walketh not after the flesh, but after the spirit. In other words, now he had been converted. He had been transformed from walking in the flesh to walking in the spirit. The proof of your maturity is whether or not you are carnal or you are spiritual, whether you walk in the flesh or walk in the spirit. Are you with me? And so you want to be living and walking in the spirit at all times and in all situations. He said, now he's come to a place of true spiritual maturity. He was a lost. That means that he was, he was on his way to total ruination so that the enemy had planned to render him useless in the kingdom and in this world. I decree and declare that no weapon formed against you will prosper and you will not be rendered useless. You are useful to God, useful to the kingdom, useful in your ministry, useful in your community. Nothing that the enemy plotted and planned against your life is going to render you useless. It means that he would live life uh, comprised of lost. It would be, he would live a miserable life. He would live a life that is uh, hell on earth. But he said, but he's found. He's found. You know, to be found simply means that you were lost and you didn't even know your location. And someone had the assignment of using heaven's GPS to find you. When you're found, it means you're just hanging out. You don't even know where you are. You, can't even, you don't know your location. You, don't, you, you can't even identify where you are in the continuum of growth. But God assigns someone to locate you. I decree and declare your days of being lost are over. You are being located in the continuum of growth. Yes. You are found. It means that someone identifies you as being relevant to a bigger scheme of thing a bigger scheme of things after being locked in obscurity your days of living in obscurity is over rise shine for thy light is come it means that someone has shined the spotlight on you i am decreeing and declaring heaven is shining its spotlight on you People that overlook you last season are going to be forced to look up to you this season. Oh yes, you are coming out. You are coming out of darkness. You are coming out of obscurity and you are going to, God is going to shine his light on you and you're going to be front and center stage and you're going to be living, you're going to be living in the light of God's glory in the days to come. It means that someone has learned about you. Someone has discovered you. Someone has recognized you. Someone has detected you. Someone has shown themselves up. And shown you off. Someone has seen your character. Someone has seen your work. Someone has inquired of you. Someone has thought about you. I decree and declare. You are having a Joseph experience. Hallelujah. Even as Pharaoh. Even as Pharaoh finally detected him. Wherever you are. I decree and declare. You are going to be detected. People are going to see you as valuable. People are going to see you as a. I decree and declare you are coming out. You are coming out of prison. You are coming out of bondage. And when you come out, people are going to see you as valuable in this season. Yes. Galatians 4, 1 to 9 says, now I say that the ear, as long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant. He went home and he said, let me be at least one of your servants. In other words, he got it. How many of you can say, I got it, Dr. Trem? I got it. I'm getting this thing, this spiritual maturation. I got it. I got it. It's not about you taking just a lower place and staying there. It's about God giving you capacity building experiences, character building experiences, giving you focus for success, giving you competence and causing you to be responsible and committed and accountable and giving you the capabilities and the comprehension, giving you the tools and the principles for application and for branding so that your perception is changed. Your emotions, your memories are healed is about being in a process that brings the best out of you, and it shines the light on that it shines the light on your characters and your strength and your anointing and I feel the anointing and the gifts someone is going to the next level someone is being promoted tonight you're going to be under tutors and governors until the time appointed and it's fine. The longer you are under tutors and governors, and notice I'm using the word tutors and governors over and over again. Tutors and governors. You've got to be in a capacity building relationship. You've got to be in a teaching position. Somebody's got to be teaching you something. Somebody's got to be challenging you somewhere. If you're doing the same thing you were doing last year and nobody's challenging you to think better and brighter, you, 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 you're never challenged You're in the wrong relationship. Challenge me. I I love my staff. I got the best staff. I love Ryan. Why? Because they challenge me. You know, they can bring ideas, and and, uh, you have to prove to me that your idea is better than mine. Are you with me? But they're not afraid to say, well, Dr. Trim, let's try it this way. Why? Because I don't intimidate them. What if their ideas are better than mine? Are you with me? Yes. You want to be in a relationship that your mentorees challenge you just like you challenge them with respect. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. If I say that's enough, that's enough. Are you with me? Yes. But if I let you talk, talk real fast because it might stop in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> you might be on a timer. Amen. Yes. But we are going to grow together. You're gonna contribute to me like I'm contributing to you. Why? Because every child makes the father. Every child makes the mother. Just like the mother and the father is cultivating the child, the child is cultivating the mother and the father. Are you with me? When your child turns one, that's the first time you had a one-year-old. When they turn two, that's the first time you had a two-year-old. When they turn three, that's the first time that you have a three-year-old. When they turn 16, that's when you need to speak in tongues real fast. (laughs) Because they're creating, they're building capacity in you. And this is why when a child is born, they're born with no personality. Why? Because you got to grow into them just like they got to grow into you. Just imagine God gives you a child that's fully grown. You'll be arguing every day. I'm the mama. No, I'm old enough to parent you. I got the same intelligence. No, God gives you a child that has no personality. They're just laying there. And you're saying, coochie, coochie, coo. And they're like, I don't know what to do with that. Who's got the milk? All I know is, if you're not got the milk, get out of my face. And then you see their little personalities develop. And then you see their, their will develop, yeah. and then that they're so cute, and then by the time they get ten, you remember when they couldn't do anything. So everything that they say and do, you notice with children. Oh, they said dad, dad. Well, all children say dad, dad, <laughs> but but yours say dad, dad a little different for everybody else. Your child is advanced, you know. Your child could do more, you know, and walk faster. And the doctor said, why? Because you remember where they were. See, a spiritual mother and father stays with you in the journey. Yeah. Yeah. they remember who you were and how much you've grown. And they're so proud of you. And you may make mistakes, but they're going to be standing in the path waiting for you. Even if you run off wild, they say they're going to come back. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Why? Because if they have to. If, if, if that's what you feel you need to do, I can't make you, I can't make you uh, not do it. But all I can say is based on covenant, you can always come back home. You can always come back home. And this is why pastoring is important. If a person wants to leave, let them leave with dignity. Don't talk about them. Lay hands on them and say, look, it was a blessing to have you. You feel like you need to go. Let me lay hands. Let me allow you to leave right so that wherever you go, you could start right. Are you with me? It, it makes me laugh how, you know, you have, I shouldn't say this, but let me say it. Cause I'm the truth girl. You have pastor that, that takes members in, in, from other churches. So people have to leave other churches to join your church, but you don't want people to leave your church to join someone else's. That's hypocritical. Things that make you go. <laughs> if you're a pastor don't, don't, don't lead and and make your people afraid of you. Give them the opportunity to respect you and honor you and to trust you. And building trust is hard work. I'm going to tell you Luke chapter 15, 18 to 22 says that he's going to go to his father's house. You know, there, there, there's, there, there's, there's no external circumstance that you will ever experience that can defeat your sense of accomplishment. And your decision to make another choice or to, or to, to choose another way. Amen. There's no circumstance that, that, that relegates you to stay there. Amen. If you make a mistake, just take the responsibility and pick yourself up. Yeah, I was in the pig pan. <laughs> yep, that's exactly where I went. You could smell it, so I don't need to hide it. <laughs> Are you with me? Yes. Give your testimony. I overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Are you with me? And so in mentoring the next generation, being a spiritual mother and father is about mentoring the next generation. You have to ask the question, what does the next generation need? They need to learn from their own mistakes. Sometimes we want to protect them from mistakes, but you cannot always protect them. It's trial and error. As a spiritual mother in Zion... I, I, my life is trial and error. 90% of what I do is wrong. The 10% I got right gave me success. Are you with me? It's like being in a laboratory. 90% of what I did blew up in my face, but God didn't beat me down. He just said, try again, try again, try again. And then I eventually got it right. And so if God gave me the opportunity to live life through trial and error, You have to allow your spiritual sons and daughters to live life through trial and error, too. So the next generation, if I'm a spiritual mother and father raising up the next generation, what do they need? They need to learn from their own mistakes. Number two, they need to know. So you got to feed them with information. Number three, they need to be known. I'm not the only one that should have a reputation. My sons and my daughters need to have a reputation too. Let me help them to find their personal brand. I don't need to compete with them. They don't need to compete with me. I have my place in the kingdom. They have their place as well. Let me help them find their place. Why? Because nobody can take my place. So my sons and daughters, I pray they out preach me, out think me. And I want to cultivate that because that could see the greatest, the greatest compliment is if a person takes your principle and outperforms you. Now, that's a compliment. Are you with me? That's a testimony. So I want them to do better than me. I want them to go further than what I, and that's my job. But I don't have to compete with them. Are you with me? I can complete them, but they need to be known as well. They have their personality, they have their temperament, and people need to know them as well. Number three, they need to explore and experiment. Number four, they need mentoring. Number five, they need standards and principles. So if you're going to be a spiritual mother and father, what are your standards? What are your core values? What are you expecting from them? The people around me have to be on brand. So they got to dress a certain way, talk a certain way. I don't care what they do behind closed doors. But once those doors swing wide open, you have got to be on brand. So our brand is not other people's brand. So you got that got to be on brand and on brand simply means that you have standards and you have principles. You see everybody around me. I have the most gorgeous people around me. They dress gorgeous. They talk gorgeous. Are you with me? That's my standard. They're beautiful, smart. I have the smartest. The people around me are smart because I attract the best. I do. I, I, I attract the best. And I attract the brightest. You're talking about bright? What two of my people could do, my, two, two of my people could do more than 20 people can do. And they could do it in a day. Yeah. They're smart. Are you with me? Yes. But they gotta be on brand. If You're only gonna be on brand when you know what the standard is and the principle. We don't do that. We don't write letters like that, take that back. Who you presenting that, who you representing, that's ugly. And they say to me, well, Dr. Schwimm, is there a better way you can say that? <laughs> yes, it's ugly. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Go back. But, but we, we, we've done this 50 times. You're going to do it 51 more times because it's, it's ugly. <laughs> I don't like it. You, you, you've got to have standards. You don't let people do whatever they want to do. No, we don't do that here. We don't talk like that. We don't look like that. We don't act like that. What is the standard? You don't let people do whatever they want to do. What's the standards? Because then you're complimenting them. You insult a person if you give them no standards. You compliment them. You honor them. You are saying to them, you have the capacity for this. You are pitching here, but you have the capacity for this. Now let's get it together. Are you with me? They need standards and principles. What does the next generation need? They need opportunities. You got to give them opportunities to think for themselves, opportunities to flap their wings, opportunities to figure out that their ideas either work or they don't work. And sometimes you got to let them fail and it's costly because it's going to cost you. But you got to let them fail and you got to give them permission to spread the wings. Let them try at least and then say, I knew it wasn't going to work. I could have told you, but it's best if I give you an opportunity to see they need to be taken seriously. They need an opportunity to lead. They need discipline. They need to succeed. So you got to set them up and help them to succeed. They need, they need, they need, uh, measurements. They need to be loved and accepted and not condemned. They need unconditional positive regard. They don't need to be judged. There's enough people judging them. And if you're a spiritual mother and father, they don't need to feel like you're judging them too. When my, 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 my staff make mistakes, I just say, OK, what did you learn? You know, that doesn't work. What are we going to do next? There's no sense crying over spilt milk and beating them. They know they made a mistake. Amen. Help them to say, look, I take full responsibility. OK, full responsibility means that you have another course of action. What is the alternative course of action? Because you can't just tell me you take full responsibility. What does that mean? Have you thought about an alternative course of action? Your spiritual mother and father has to set you up to help you to think through another course of action. You don't just show up and say I made a mistake. And what do you want me to do? Fix it for you. I got to fix my own. Let me help you to fix your mistakes. Are you with me? Yeah. You, you made a mistake. I'm not going to beat you up this time. I'm not going to be. <laughs> you don't have to pay for it this time. But just don't do it again. What's your course of action? Well, let me try this. This didn't work, but I'm going to try this. Are you with me? But you're safe. Remember now you're in a safe environment and you're built. You, you, you have more siblings And you're setting up these amazing dynamics so that your spiritual siblings can trust one another in the process and help one another to be able to say, look, look, these are the standards you're pitching here. Lift it up. And you have to have other brothers and sisters in the Lord or others that are part of this tribe that you trust as well. Because I always teach if one of us win, we all win. If one lose, we all lose. So help your spiritual brother to win, because you're going to win in the process. Cover his back. You know, if if they forget something, cover his back, because one day you're going to forget something, too. So we're all going to cover one another. We're going to watch out for one another. Are you with me? Okay. we need unconditional positive regard. We don't need to be judged. We need to know that we have an advocate. So if you're a spiritual father, a mother, you also have to be the advocate of your spiritual children. They have a need to become. There's a need to belong. There's a need to survive. There's a need for creativity. There's a need to be held accountable. So you have to have an accountability mechanism. We've got to have accountability mechanisms from a mentor who understands their world is not the same world that they live in. In other words, your mentor's world is not the same world that you live in. Amen. But you are, you've got to understand their world. In other words, the world that I was born into no longer exists. So the world that Ryan is born into is different from my world. Are you with me? So he has to understand my world, I gotta understand his world. So I'm 21, he's 29, are you with me? So we live in two different worlds. <laughs> but I, 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 I think that I'm more hip than Ryan. Are you with me? Even though there's, there's an age difference, there's an eight, eight year age difference, are you with me? <laughs> wink, wink, wink. As a woman thinks in her heart, so is she. <laughs> But you've, you've got to walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be able to see it from their perspective. You've got to get, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I think, I, 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 I say, oh, this is a great cover. And I'll shoot it across to Ryan. And he'll say, I actually hate this. Now, my feelings are hurt because I think it's great. So I'm trying to convince him, well, it's not that bad. It looks that he said, no, it really does look bad. Are you with me? But then sometimes he sends me something and I say, I absolutely hate it. But what do we do? We change it. We tweak it. Because now I can, uh, we'll be able to influence a larger sphere of stakeholders than just mine or his. Are you with me? And so there's a law of increase, decrease that is going on. There's a need for the next generation to find a platform to express their gifts and talents. And we we have to help them to find it. There's a need to thrive, a need to believe, a need to, to develop problem-solving skills, a need to connect to, to their identity, a need to live op- with authenticity and creativity, a need to prosper, a need for breakthroughs, a need for the future that arrives daily. A need for the future that arrives daily. So today is the tomorrow you thought about yesterday it's going your future is going to come to you daily and there's a need to prepare for that there's a need to learn how to pray a need for life skills and life strategy a need for decision making skill a need for change management skill a need for adaptability a need for wisdom, a need for knowledge. One of the things that Isaiah, I think 33 and 6 says, wisdom and knowledge are the stability of our time. So they need wisdom. They need knowledge. They, 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 they need uh, to, to learn how to praise God. They need to learn how to respect. They need something to honor and respect. And they need a cause that is bigger than themselves. And then they need wisdom. Scripture says in Proverbs 4 and 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get an understanding. Exalt her and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee honor. There's a need for honor. And so they want want to honor you. The way they honor you is, is if you display wisdom. And the way that they get honor is they acquire wisdom. You see that? They need to understand the timing of the Lord or the timetable of the Lord. First Chronicles 12, 32, that was the responsibility. The Bible said the sons of Issachar were men. So they were patriarchs and their responsibility as a patriarch was to have understanding of times so that they can advise Israel what they ought to do. And so as a mother or father, you can advise them what they ought to do based on timeframes and timetables. And so I understand uh, the year by timetables. This is what we gotta do and we gotta do it by this timetable. And the importance of that is one builds on the other. So if you're going to help them to to figure out where the opportunities are, because they have a need for opportunities, then they also have to understand timetables. Because opportunities are attached to moments in time. And if they miss one opportunity it's possible that they can miss others. Things that they must, things that must be understood if we are to fully equip and impart to generation next. And this is what you do as a mother and father, you're ministering to generation next. This is for maximum impact. And we do it in our days. Number one, there, there has to be understanding of what is. Number two, an understanding of what is coming. What is coming? What are we sensing prophetically? Because we need to get ready for it. What is God saying about the next generation? What is he saying about the next decade? What is he saying about the next millennial? And, and they've got to understand what is coming. And then they've got to understand how we arrived at where we are. So we have to tell them our story. And we have to tell it without, without emotional attachment. Tell our story. Tell our journey. And this is what happened with the children of Israel. They had they had the holy days and during the holy days and their feasts, they would tell different stories. And the Bible said you're going to tell them how you cross through the Red Sea. You're going to tell them why we are celebrating the first fruit. You're going to tell them why we are celebrating uh, whatever the, 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 the Jewish holidays are. And, and you're going to tell the story over and over again. And we have to tell you the story about the church. And we got to tell you the story about your Jewish heritage. And we got to tell it over and over again until it becomes an integral part of your identity. And it becomes an integral part of your heritage. You have a goodly heritage. And you're only going to know if we give you an understanding of how we arrived where we are. You've got to have an an understanding of your place in history. You've got to understand the culture. Involved in leading. You've got to understand the responsibility that 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 is yours. You have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. What is your responsibility? You gotta have an understanding of who God is. Who you gotta have an understanding of who God is to you. You gotta have an understanding of who you are. You gotta have an understanding of who others are. You can't just be self-centered. You gotta understand there are other people with significant roles in this world. Like you are there are other people that have aspirations just like you you cannot be so self-absorbed that you don't see yourself as a big a part of the big picture you got to understand who other people are you got to understand what to avoid you got to understand what to embrace you got to understand how things work how it operates in the life for good you got to understand your spiritual heritage you got to understand what it takes to access your inheritance You gotta understand your destiny is altered by decisions. You gotta understand your assignment. You gotta understand the blessing of submission. You gotta understand the power of covenant. You gotta understand why certain things haven't worked and why they will never work. And you gotta understand the perils of independence. You cannot be an independent person, no man is an island. Everything that you do affects the entire body, it's the butterfly effect that says the flapping of the wings of a butterfly in California affects the wind flow in Japan. You are not an island. Everything that you do is affecting something. One of the things that Judges 21, 25 says, I love this. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You've got to have a standard, and you've got to have accountability. You can't just be independent, doing what's right in your own eyes. You cannot do it. Generation next is what what the mater and pater is all about. We got to help you to understand success as defined by God. Success as defined by God is the fulfillment of purpose. It's about connecting to the unfolding of God's agenda within a specific generation. It's about the morality and ethics that you bring to the table. It's about fruitfully it being fruitful in building God's kingdom. It's not about building your own empire where you're at the center of it. It is about extending the kingdom of God. Matthew 6:33. Yeah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, all of his righteousness, all these things will, will be added unto you. When you Our mother or father, this is what the next generation needs someone who is willing to bear their reproach. And this is what happened with Jesus Jesus bore the reproach of transgressions. It means that it's great when you have the high flyers and they're doing everything right. But what about the ones that may not be doing everything right? And they're your sons and your daughters. Do you turn your back on them? You know, you've got to be a person who is not afraid or ashamed of your sons and daughter, no matter what they are involved in, no matter what past they have lived, no matter what labels they carry, no matter the way they perceive things. What if God gives you a lepra? What if God gives you a Peter that denies you? Will you still intercede? Will you still pray for them? What if all they have is failures? What if they, 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 they reject your leadership? You can't reject them because of their past, the color of their skin, the depth of their sin, the stigma of their group, the language they speak. You've got to embrace them and not be afraid or ashamed, but to take them in, even as Christ took us in. It's easy to identify with the golden boys and the golden girls. But what if your sons and daughters, they come with one eye hanging out, (laughs) one eye, one finger missing, one leg missing. Would you take them in? Would you say you're worthy? You don't have to stay there and be fatherless. I'll take you in as my son and as my daughter. The primary role is to make disciples, to find out if they, are like, they have like precious faith, similar DNA, comparable gifts, callings, strengths, and then to be able to build strength in them, character in them, and maturity in them. There's one thing for us to get those that are bright, the golden boy or golden girl. But the Bible talks about, this is in 1 Corinthians um, 12, talks about those that are weaker vessels. Weaker parts of the body are necessary. Give honor to those seemingly less honorable parts, the weaker parts. All members of the body of Christ should have the same care. We should suffer with those that are suffering. We should rejoice with those that Rejoice. When it comes to mother and fathers, there are 12 mistakes that mothers and fathers and leaders should avoid. Number one, having passion without discipline, obedience without submission, wealth without work, success without a successor, pleasure without conscience, parenting without an inheritance, knowledge without experience. Decisions without judgment, commerce without morality, science without humanity, worship without sacrifice, politics without principles, activities without vision, life without purpose, leadership without character, propaganda without truth, business without ethics. Action without accountability, rights without responsibility, greatness without servanthood, opportunity without qualifications, relationship without integrity, choice without consequence, assignment without protocol, ambition without mastery. And this is Generation Next. And so our responsibility as spiritual mothers and fathers, those of us that are mature in the gospel, is to add mastery with their ambition. Protocol to their assignment, consequences for their choices. Teach them integrity in their relationship, qualifications for opportunities, servanthood that leads to greatness, responsibility that goes with rights, accountability for their actions, ethics in business, truth in propaganda instead of propaganda, character in leadership purpose within their life, vision for activities, principle in, po- in politics, sacrifice in worship, humanity, morality, judgment, experience, inheritance. If they're going to be a parent, they got to leave an inheritance, consciousness with pleasure, success shows if they're going to be successful, work in order to bring wealth, submission for obedience and discipline. Add discipline to their passion. When it comes to the prodigal son's father, the prodigal son's father demonstrated a mother or a father that had covenant. In our next lesson, we're going to talk to you about the the, the 12 characteristics that should be established within the type of relationship that generates healthy father, son, mother, daughter types of relationships so that the types of mechanism for growth and development are there. Paul said you have not many fathers, and it's true. You can have many, many leaders, but when it comes to Mater Pater, you've heard that the responsibility is great. It's not a game. Your destiny is at stake If we don't get this right, our Father and our God will give you praise and honor and glory. Thanking you as we learn about spiritual maturation. His Father was standing, he was a man of covenant, and he understood the role that he played. Here's my son. He was lost, but now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. And his son came and attached himself to his Father, gave him the honor. To be not only his pater, but gave him the honor to be his tutor and to be his governor. Gave him the honor and trusted the God in him that he would build within him the capacity and the character necessary so that he one day can be a pater too. Bless us in this process of spiritual maturation. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory, forever and ever. Amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.